Let's read some meaning into this empty world. This is Westworld, the recapables. This is Tinfoil Tuesday. I'm David Shoemaker, your host. Uh, Westworld, the recapables is part of the Ringer Podcast Network, as you know. Um, and today, as with every Tuesday, I am joined by the Dreamwalker, Micah Peters. How you doing, Micah? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good. And the living version of the little maze toy that was never supposed to mean anything, but has somehow come to symbolize the whole program. It's Danny Heifetz. How are you doing, man? I gave meaning to it myself. I appreciate that. Mm. I appreciate that. All right. We're coming off a, I guess like a non-controversial episode of of, uh, of Westworld. Everyone seemed to love Akechita's, um, oh wait, I'm saying it wrong again. Akechita? Akechita, yeah. Akechita's uh, bottle episode. I can um, tell you're off your game because you didn't call me the flower growing in the darkness. I would never call you that. You don't and get to choose your own nicknames, Danny. Come I on. chose my own nickname in college. You did? That's a what? different story. What was your college nickname? Uh, we'll get back to that no, later. No, you can't I feel like you up. can't just bring that yeah. up and let it, it go. Was a, it was a joke nickname. Where I knew a guy named Diggs, and this guy, and he came over. I didn't know him well, and I was sitting with some friends, and he came over and said hi, and they're like, hey, Diggs, how's it going? I'm like, how is he? how does he get to be Diggs? I want you guys to call me Spoons from now on. <laughs> and it was totally a joke, and everybody started yelling at me like, you can't pick your nickname. But then there was like a few people who just called me Spoons for the rest of the You're Spoons? Yeah. Wow. I don't know. Wow. Um, and now the world knows. So anyway, uh, <laughs> from now on, I guys, I, w- I want you to call me the Deathbringer. It's definitely going to be spoons. Mike, if I gave you odds coming into this that one of us was called spoons in college, how much would you have bet on me? <laughs> 100% you. I would definitely bet on you being called spoons. Spoons. Um, what was your college name, Danny? Uh, uh, no one called me by name in college. No one really got to know me. Unsurprising. <laughs> All right. Back, <laughs> back to uh, Kiksuya, which, uh, as we've established, is uh, the Lakota for remember. Or memory, I don't know if there's a distinction. Remember. remember, and um, this was this was a really great episode. It raised a lot of questions. It answered a lot of questions that we had about the show, about Ghost Nation, uh, about the maze. It also raised a lot of questions, like, would this show have been better if everything was a bottle episode? Who I knows? Mean, it's um, a distinct possibility. <laughs> uh, I love the mystery of the show. I love that everything. It's just a it's a it's a mystery box, you know. And um, there's a lot. That a heart-shaped mystery box, <laughs> actually. There was a lot, a lot of answers. We got a lot of like pseudo answers, and now we got a lot more questions to ask. So, as with every Tuesday, um, I'm going to see the floor to Danny Heifetz and let him present us with some crazy Reddit conspiracy theories. Well, before that, as always, we'll start with where we messed up, and by we, I mean David, uh, because oh, you yes. said <laughs> during when we had our whole rant about Akichita. Just somehow magically getting to the bottom and finding uh, his wonderful his wonderful bay. Uh huh. And you said it was nighttime, maybe. Yeah. False. When they go, they literally say, "Let's go grab lunch." So it was the middle of the day. So why were all the lights out? So I mean, like, well, it's okay. just a weird office environment. So it's just so, a weird office environment. And I also just wait. I don't the think that, that I don't think if you're working a twenty four hour shift, you grab lunch at four in the morning. I mean, if you're working like the night shift, you don't call it lunch though. What There's do you no call it? There's no chance you call it lunch. Of course you do. You have lunch do you break. Know? You don't. You know what? Do you think you call it lunch? I don't know. If you, like, do you think is that like? Are you going to say? Are you, are we going to go grab food? Or are we just like you know like arguing semantics and that it wasn't exactly clear what time it was in the episode? If you miss lunch at the office and you end up not eating until like three thirty, do you just say like I can't eat right now because this doesn't fit the definition of a meal? No, I just don't call it lunch because that's blatantly false. Uh, that's lunch. Now you're just talking semantics in airports. Um, there's labor laws that govern this. You get a lunch break. I also love the fact that they're just like, yeah, the update's four hours, which, you know, like is kind of like them saying that luckily this is after the stock bill and Metropolis is <laughs> vacant. Downtown Metropolis is vacant. And it's just kind of like he's just wandering around for for hours looking for. Yeah, well, okay, so that's my second one, which actually there is a good theory on us thrown to us by Swag to Miss Prime. Big fan of his. Big fan of Swagdimus Prime. Throws a, a, a good theory at how he actually did that. Because remember that, which we touched on briefly, that Akichita has been in the real world before because he's the one who pitches Logan along yeah. with Angela. Mm-hmm. So he pointed out that he does, in his memories, have knowledge of elevators and doors and the knowledge to navigate a modern building that 
obviously it's not that big and he hasn't been there, but he does know how that works. He shows Combined that. with probably like a high natural instinctive navigation, but also the way that they were talking about it, he was basically his goal was to just go down. So he basically knew how to navigate buildings and like his, he just figured that he had to go as deep underground as he could, which no, in that world, it makes it a little easier. I'm not calling attention to that. I'm not talking about whether or not it was possible for him to find, uh, you know, like his wife or whatever. I'm talking about the fact that he was wandering around in yeah. full Ghost Nation regalia, and nobody no, no, said anything. Was he in pain at that? But he was. But they, I mean, that, was he in pain? Yes, he was when he was on the on the That's table. That's the egregious part of this whole thing. Yeah, and 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 also if he has memories of the outside world, and it doesn't even take that. We've seen him outside of his makeup when he like went into town when he went to Sweetwater or wherever it was in the episode. He's aware that like different outfits are a thing. So maybe he could have gotten some scrubs or something while he's like skulking around the. Anyway, this is all yeah, beside just, the point. Anyway, yeah. I really like um, this episode. Why are we? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like um, you know, we're loving, we we are lovingly nitpicking it to death. It's true. That's one more mistake from me. I said that Logan was out in the sun long enough to need aloe vera. Did you guys know that aloe vera is fake news? Does not actually help you with your sunburns. It's all like a marketing scheme. That's not true. I, I'm just saying, placebo effect. Stay Did we pub- didn't Kate Nibs write that for the Ringer? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's the ringer.com. That's aloe vera feels aloe vera feels great when you have sunburn. But What's, anything like cold of that texture, what you could put cream cheese on, you would feel anyway. Would you slather yourself in cream cheese? You don't want to know. Next? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Theories. Speaking of actually what we were just talking about, not the cream cheese, um Akichita. Uh great parallel on Akichita and Orpheus who is one of my favorite figures from Greek mythology because I don't know how to play music. But thank you to Zorbus, Zorbabas. Go ahead. Okay. So Orpheus is a Greek mythological figure who was the greatest lute player of his time. Guitar, ancient guitar. I don't don't know if there's a parallel. It's Bruce Springsteen. It's a small string instrument. Okay. Okay. So long story short, his wife dies and he kind of makes a deal with Hades, who's the god of death, that, hey, uh, can I get her back? And he goes all the way down and then makes a deal that, and Hades actually feels for him so much that, you know what? Yes, you can bring her back. If you both walk through the underworld and back into the world of light, and Mm -hmm. and you you can make it, but you cannot look back once. And long story short, as you can imagine, he plays and charms his whole way out of hell. And then they get just, and then just as the sun is shining, he looks back at her and she disappears like it's Infinity War. But if you actually parallel Orpheus' story with Akichita, it actually is very interesting. So before Orpheus, like his prologue, is he was on the Argos, the boat with Jason and the Argonauts. Right. Mm-hmm. And the sirens, <laughs> he actually plays off. Um, the sirens and he protects the boat. Uh-huh. And if you remember, when Akichita pitches Logan back in episode two, he's from the Argos Initiative. Uh-huh. So we actually have a direct link there, right there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, the specifics of what the sirens are and everything, but him going deep down into the underworld, com- now chronologically it doesn't totally work, but the combination of he exposes himself to Ford, who is kind of Hades in this example, mm-hmm. where he basically makes a request of a god who normally just does not entertain this shit mm-hmm. from anyone. And he is so taken aback at what he's seeing there, this pure love, but also what's gone on, that he actually is like, yeah, okay, you do you. And the timing doesn't totally work, but the story of Orpheus and Akichita is actually super fascinating. All right. Okay. I, I'm all the I way in. It. I got that. There you go. All right, cool. Starting off on a high note there. All right. This is just less of a... This is just, did you notice that right when they cut from, right when they cut from Ford talking to Akichita, like, when the Deathbringer, when the Deathbringer comes for me, like, you'll know. And then they cut from that, and then they cut to the quote-unquote present day, but it's his arm. And he has these markings, it's like a barbed wire tattoo, but not really, yeah. But it's like he's keeping tally marks or something on Uh his arm. And there's a lot, and there's a few theories that, I mean, in my mind, it only could be a few things it's like you know death counts but like that's kind of boring i think it's actually how many people he's recruited to the cause or how many people he's gotten Uh through the maze and that that is a running tally of how many of the 2000 hosts in the park are actually on their side okay and so that that Mm -hmm. was an allusion to their true numbers so whether it's in the dozens or hundreds that we actually 
the amount of hosts who his influence might have spread could be a lot bigger than we think Mm -hmm. um, when we think of what's possible in terms of an uprising. Because if you remember the beginning of this season, one of the biggest conversations Teddy and Dolores had was, we don't have the numbers. And that was possibly a nice subtle reference to that. All right. Okay. I'm not sure if that tat- that little pointy thing tattoo is anything more than just a tattoo, uh, but but we'll, we'll you know everything was, means like something. I just, guess. Yeah. It wasn't just the image; it was more that they pivoted from the spiritually most important scene in the whole episode. Yeah. Which is his so conversation with God, and then that's they're very specific about framing. But anytime I think they cut from a frame to a frame, I'm always my antenna always go up. That, that's a good call. But then again, I'm a robot, so my antenna go up a lot. All right. You guys ready? Bring it. Are you ready? Yeah. I um, mean, like, obviously. Come on. Super simple. Super basic. Super important. Episode ends. Plot twist. Maeve has been talking to Akicha the whole time. Final words of the episode are, in Lakota, take my heart when you go. Mm-hmm. Did Maeve say that because she heard the story and thought it would be poetic? Probably not. Or is Maeve Kohana? But they took them. I mean, like she did hear the entire story, and I mean, so the essence of this is again, it's super simple. What we know about Kohana is that you know they had their whole love affair. Basically, Kohana was deactivated roughly twenty years ago. Um, that's when he found her in cold storage. Maeve has been at the Mariposa for one year. When, like when we introduce her in season one. Mm-hmm. She thinks she's been there for 10 years. She's only been there for one year. Homesteading, it's a little unclear, but like 10 years, the, the point, there is plenty of room. Sure, okay. We don't okay. know what happened. Okay. 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 So timelines, let's just give, give the So the question the is, while Kohana's body is in cold storage, her mind is such valuable intellectual property and you know they can't just make up this narrative shit. Did she get repurposed into a different person? Is Maeve the same consciousness of Kohana, but she doesn't remember 20 years ago, 30 years ago, that life. I mean, because we don't have why, any memories. Why, why would they have put her in cold storage and then taken her body, some, put her body somewhere else? If the, if, if the mind is functional, then why not just repurpose the whole thing? Well, because, I mean, I think that makes sense if you're thinking about it in the lens of what we've already seen them do with hosts. But if we think about it in terms of you are just building a park frantically out of, you're pulling shit out of your ass okay. and you're just trying to make shit happen. And you're like, oh, uh, this we just need a character here, and like we thought, we needed random more Native Americans in that part. Uh, oh no, well, we I mean, need a yeah, madame in the, the prostitute the, brothel. Like the evidence of it is right there in the episode. I mean, like when they're updating a kitchen, and they're just kind of like, "Oh, he's been out in the park for ten for nearly a decade and hasn't gotten an update." Exactly. And then the ex- the supervisor lady w- who curses like a sailor walks in. And is just kind of like just patch him over and put him back in the park. And, like. Yeah. Okay. Right. So why? I mean, but don't isn't the question then like why would Peter Abernathy still have his personality? Why wouldn't they have taken his out and put it into somebody else? Well, so maybe it's maybe specific, maybe not. But she is special to some degree. Maybe that that originates. Maybe why? But just going with what we know for starters, Maeve has all these flashbacks, but none of them are more than all those flashbacks with William are from a year ago, almost like. This is a 34, five-year timeline. We have no idea about Maeve for 33 of those 34 years, Mm -hmm. which massive red flag right there. Because we know what Dolores has been doing. We know what Teddy's been doing. We know what all these people have been doing, except Maeve, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. How long was she living on the homestead? We don't totally know. I believe it's like eight or nine years. It's not close to 30 from anything that's been established. And it also, if it was, like that would be a lot of years of Ghost Nation attacks. But there's nothing that says she's been there for three decades. There you go. So that's the next piece of this. Uh, If you actually watch this week's episode. Backwards. Backwards. (laughs) You get, I'm sorry. Like Black Sabbath records. (laughs) (laughs) And it just says, uh, you know, like the demons are, uh, hell is empty and all the devils are None of this was Lakota. It was just backmasked English. (laughs) If you listen to it in reverse. There's a QR code hidden in a tree. All right, go on. There's a madman. Help us, save us. Those flashbacks were Maeve. Is or Maeve's flashbacks where she's flashing back to the ghost nation and you're getting a different interpretation, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the whole premise of this these flashbacks is oh wow, this is different than I've seen a thousand times. That's the point of this. In those scenes, Maeve has flecks of white paint on her neck, on her shoulder, on her arm, and all of those cuts, some of which might be running from Ghost Nation, but some of which are 100 percent 
her encounter with the man in black that she is remembering. Uh-huh. So the man in black comes in. She has a fleck of white paint that looks like it came off someone in Ghost Nation on her shoulder. She has one, She's running away with her daughter. There's one on her neck that, mm-hmm. like, is a lot. Now, maybe that came off the hand of someone, but the in Ghost Nation who grabbed her or they fought or something. But it doesn't look like they fought. And based on what we learned, which is we need to completely reinterpret and recalibrate all of those attacks, quote-unquote, that we saw, we— might need to start considering Maeve somewhat an unreliable narrator about Absolutely. all of those attacks, non-Man in Black related. So the question there is, why would she get be getting white paint on any part of her? Why would she be talking to Ghost Nation about anything? And I don't know, but because when she's talking to her daughter, there's a really weirdly specific ominous thing in the first five minutes of the episode where Maeve and her daughter are playing with the dolls, which is like kind of the, the basis of their relationship, basically. It's the only thing they talk about. Yeah. And Maeve is like, here's the daughter doll, and here's the mama doll, and yeah. uh, <gasps> what's this? And picks up the rock that Akichita gave her. Right. So, like the, so Akichita's right the dad. When were, so Akichita is the father. All right. But Maeve is Kohana. Reincarnated. <clears throat> is I don't know. Father. I don't know. We'll see. But here's the thing. Here's okay, I guess, I'll like, tell you a couple of things. One... Uh, those scenes with Maeve in the paint, I mean, who knows? That could be anything. I guess, I guess, I'm guessing it's deliberate, but those are those are juxtaposed with Akichita touching Maeve's daughter on the neck. Opposite side from where Maeve had the paint, but like his painted hand is touching her bare neck. So maybe there's something there. These communi- it's just a symbol that he's communicating through the daughter as he is at the end of the episode. Um, also, when Maeve's like, take my heart, like, that could just be you're talking about her daughter. If yeah. you want to like read deeply into that. Exactly. But and on top of that, that there's that like is, there's yeah. also I, I mean, like I guess there are other stuff. There's other stuff that's weird about it. Like the way that he says, like, I've always kept you safe. Maybe that's just like the fact that he's just been like a sentinel around their home yeah. or whatever. And like and that's a symbol hasn't of his woken protection. up until now. Yeah the, yeah. the paint could just be a symbol of his protection or his attempt at, t- attempts at protection. Also, she has a partner. Do we know that? I mean, Hector is her true love. Well, not yeah, but they were the whole point that that relationship's interesting is because they're not supposed to be together. Because Sizemore says like, "Oh, this isn't in the narrative." So, but I mean, but you would have us believe that that Akichita is her like storyline husband, and even though their relationship now has this deeper meaning because they're both awake, that they what they're going to be like some a grown up couple that decides they're not meant for each other. I don't want to pretend to know exactly what's up here. And I'm probably only like 80% in on this. But I would say to that, my thought is just the white paint on her is really what gave me some credence to this. Because you're right. You look at it and you're like, she was talking to her daughter, you fucking idiot. Like, what are you talking? You know what I mean? That was yeah. like my first thought. Like, mm-hmm. she was talking to her daughter. Then my when I saw the paint on her the second time I watched this, I was like, how could that be there? Like, because this is the scene with the man in black. Because we've seen the whole time. Akichita creeps through the window. Akichita creeps through the window. The door opens, and oh, surprise, it's William. And so William's coming through, and it cuts to her with the gun, and she's got pain on her shoulder. And I'm like, what world would she have that? Well, probably only if Akichita came to hang out. And maybe he's like Kramer from Seinfeld. He's just doing a pop-in or something. You know what I mean? Like, hey, what's up? Like, the maze, like, oh, find yourself. (laughs) Or maybe, like, they had a relationship of some sort. I cannot explain why he would not have, like, explained that or something. I don't know why. But— there's, I think there's even more to those flashbacks. I, I, I don't think we're even close to uncovering the cornerstone there. And for this very simple reason that if you don't believe any of this, believe that there's more to those stories. Of course. Because yeah. that's William's most important thing we've seen to date. And that's still Maeve's cornerstone. And then suddenly it's a very important moment for Kichita. So they've not, pe- they peeled back some, but they've not peeled back close to the center of what that moment actually means. Um, so I, I, at the very least, there's more there. If I had to guess, it would be that Maeve has a much deeper relationship to Ghost Nation than even she knows. And I would say that there's a – I kind of like the idea that, you know, Maeve 34 years ago, you know, she spent one year as Kohana, two years as Kohana or whatever. That was their original thing, you know. And next one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a lot of people want us to – Quickly, concisely rewind over why I think William is a host. I don't know about you guys. Basically, you know, it's not as crazy as when we brought it up 
a month ago that because now we know very specifically that is where the whole show is going and human minds are going to be put on control units. As for the reasons why we think William's a host, the scene in the second episode where the bat he flashes back when William and Lawrence right, the bathtub, go to the, we don't yeah, see the, the bathtub. maybe his wife, we don't see his wife, exactly. right? Exactly. So the, the the theory is that he at one point killed himself in a bathtub for whatever reason. Right. And then got put into a host body and then Yeah. 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 So we have that. We have his interaction with his daughter. And then we also have him getting, forgets that she loves elephants. We also have him getting gut shot and surviving. Yeah. And, that, and, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> my like too long don't read version for this whole theory at this point is that he has been shot in the fucking belly for like what feels like twenty four hours in the world at this point. Right. I mean, it's like, suddenly it's a, less ridiculous like, than you would be. It's honest. a wrap if that yeah. happens for like a, an actual sure, human person. But, he's, but it's I mean, the guns could still be less than deadly, right? I mean, we've seen them be very deadly, but that's a good point. That's a good point. That I mean, like, yeah. If the guns are only supposed to hurt the right amount, quote unquote, yeah. then the guns actually are one of the biggest things people ask us questions about. I think the guns are like the source of Nolan and Joy's power in uh-huh. season one, be, like no one intended. But like, because that's like more than anything how the guns work is they can just ah, it's a fugazi, it's a fugazi. Like it's it, you know right. they can just make up the rules however they want to fit what's going on. It's so crazy and convoluted at this point how they work that they will not go back into that well. And they will not try to explain how William got shot by the guns because it just opens up too many wormholes to talk about it again. Yeah, I mean, listen. Oh, go ahead. So Sorry. what I'm saying is I, I just don't see world anymore where he can get shot like that. No one gives him any medical attention. They didn't give a two-second cutaway of some Lakota person like – Yeah, how is he getting better? That, that's, <laughs> like, that's huge to me. Yeah. I mean, my, my evidence and, – and I was – and I talked myself into him being a host and talked myself out of it. And then this past episode, here's what – here's or actually last episode, here's what I wondered. One, Maeve should be able to sense that he's more than a ho- that he's that he's not a human when they're having their interaction. Yeah, if he's a host, then she should know. Would she only be able to tap into robot minds or human? That minds? I mean that that would be the so so basically the quite like the, these are two very flimsy arguments one way or the other. Either he's a host of some sort, and Maeve's power doesn't extend to actual human consciousnesses put inside of host bodies, which is granular distinction or two (laughs) he's a human no no that's complicated let's let's yeah he's a human and somehow he survived all these shots like both of those things are ridiculous i would rather him be a host and trust that they have a coherent and sensible plot that will actually make Anything. like color the decisions he's made rather than after all this they're like yeah he got shot but even though he acted exactly like Maeve getting shot in the same place like oh, he's a human I mean like I, I don't know if 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 it, at at this point if they do the 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 William as a host reveal and he had that entire interaction with Maeve it's going to sound like a caveat if they any way that they explain That's that fair. he didn't they should have another was, that would be great if we control. go through this whole season and the finale is another bottle episode of like Neil deGrasse Tyson just explaining the science <laughs> the, behind all the decisions they've made and that's it <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson well actually this show would take longer than the show itself. Neil deGrasse Tyson just talking about how there shouldn't be any borders between the parks it's all one park <laughs> fantastic I, yeah. work yeah, so next episode, so next episode, what, do we, what, what did you learn from the from the trailer for next episode? So the trailer, we see him in like a, you know, like a tux and, you know, some fancy ballroom banquet thing. And it seems like some fancy muckety-muck Delos thing. It seems like his wife is there. So we're going to— Is I it mean, Ed Harris we're talking Ed about? Ed Harris. Yeah. In, it seems like his wife are in like a really fancy party. Who knows? It seems like sometime in the last year uh, she's alive. So— this is probably, you know, right before she kills herself. So it, that's it's going to be a huge moment. Uh, we'll we'll find out one way or the other, like, what happened. Uh, and it'll be, it'll be, I mean, it's episode nine. So it's probably going to be climactic for his whole arc, his human life, so to speak. Okay. Well, I'm excited to see what happens. I don't, I mean, it's going to be kind of weird to, I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'll, I'll enjoy it one way or the other. I'm along for the ride. Let's do this. He's okay. a robot. Well, Mike, if you had to, be, if you had to bet right now, if I had to bet, host or human? Oh, William being a host or human? Yeah. I would bet on him being a host. It just feel like I get that. I think more than anything, like you know, people being people saying that they would get really mad if he were a host has dissuaded me more than anything else. But it does seem to fit with it's, the it with the fabric like would, of the show. Yeah, I mean, like now 
I'm going to have some quibbles with the showdown with Maeve if that turns out to be the truth. But I mean, it seems logical. The only thing point. is that he's not. <sighs> I don't get the Maeve thing because the Maeve's in the mesh network, but the mesh network is the hand to hand protocol of hosts whose minds talk to each other so they can communicate and like do the nitty gritty of like closing their loops. So why would humans be tapped into the mesh network? Not humans. Not why would a human mind on a control unit be tapped into a mesh network? I think, I think the, I think the like, control, I mean, because they can, the way that it was introduced to us was that basically it was a series of pings. Like she's using it on another level, but you can like, when when Bernard first introduced it, they were looking for for uh, Peter Abernathy. They were like, well, uh, you know, the, fir- the, the, the first hundred hosts will see, will look around to see if they can see him. The next hundred hosts, whatever. It's like, yeah. it's a web. But it's, it's like, but Bluetooth. she would be able to tell if there was a robot body that she was shooting a but gun into. But maybe not, like it's, it's like Bluetooth. You know what I mean? Like, I, th- I I literally think the mesh network, like, think of it like Bluetooth. Like, you're close enough, you can, like, pair, and she, M- Maeve is just, like, she can turn any speaker on. And I just I just don't think human minds are on Bluetooth, the mesh network. I, th- I think that's actually the answer on that one. Okay. I still but, feel like she should have some ability to tell if there if this is a host body with or without the mind standing in front of her. She had a lot going on. Yeah. All right. No, all right that's fair. Uh, this is fair. The, no, because when Lawrence walks okay. up, she tries to control him. Yeah, she tries to control Lawrence. He's not a person. And fails. Yeah. Okay, he's a, maybe he's a, an awake host. I'm saying human minds. She doesn't. Like, so she's aware, even though she can't control Lawrence, she's aware he's a host. Oh, 100%. Because she tries and fails and is like, oh, I'm glad that you're awake. 100% she knows he's a host. But if William but is like, a host, then he's not awake. Well, he's in a host okay, body. He's a different he's kind of. This is, yeah. this is an insane conversation. This is, I can't. Okay, and, and, uh, just and, and this is somewhere. the answer. This is the answer. This is why people don't want him to be. Yeah, honest. yeah. <laughs> Which fair. I I want to do anything but have this conversation. Okay. So, um, more galaxy brain shit. When William walks, or sorry, when Akichita walks through the banquet and all the dead bodies there and finds Ford, he sees a vulture, which. If you've seen any billboard or any advertisement for the show of any kind, there's vultures. Yeah, the there's vulture vultures. is the vulture in the desert with the black hat is mm-hmm. like the poster for the show. Um, the interesting part is that vulture is standing, not quite, but almost exactly where William got up in like the first episode of the season after the dinner after the the massacre. Yeah. He, like, throws a host off on top of him and, like, gets up and he's all not wearing a wedding ring, weirdly. Um, continuity issue. But he gets up almost where that vulture is. And then he stands up. And the first thing he does, he looks around. He's like, oh, everyone's dead. And he makes eye contact with a wolf. Yeah. Who is standing not quite exactly, but very close to where Akichita is standing off to the side so of the stage. is the wolf. That's his spirit animal. And the man in black is the vulture. That's the thing. It's one of those where the parallel is strong enough. You know something's there. But like what is there is like, the, you know, you could talk about this all day. The theories that have been thrown out there are. There's been a lot of talk of this. The theories that have been thrown out there are roughly. And this is from Slipgun. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people in the comments. But one is positing that. They are actually both there at the same time, and they're actually looking at each other, but they can't see each other because they're processing. It's like uh, they're protecting each other, like they can't see each other at that moment. Uh-huh. I don't think that makes any sense. Well, they definitely see each other later, but exactly. go on, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's more about what is this idea of spirit animals. Like, obviously, he also sees the horses. He mm-hmm. sees that horse lead him there. Is that Dolores' horse? Is he actually looking at Dolores? What does that mean? And that's one of those, like, there's not many great fleshed out thoughts on what this means. I just the horse was just symbolic of the Green War, I mean, of the of the Dallas employees. That's, that's yeah. the things. But I think that, again, Will, the first thing William does in the second season is he throws a dead body off of him, gets up. He's the only human who mm-hmm. survived and stares right at a wolf, which has been only done nothing but prance through the most important scenes of season one to that point. Right. And it's the only time it showed up. So, like, there's importance there. And then we come all the way to the Sakichita episode. And then he walks by a vulture, which is the fucking poster for the whole show. Yeah. So, and what is the man in black? Is he dead? Is he like literally a vulture? Uh, and there is a fun way to look at this. Vultures aren't literally dead. They, no, but yeah, but they're picking up the dead. So there is actually, it's a robot host vulture. It's a vulture that is a host inside. Like the epitome of death, the symbolism of death itself, vultures, right? In our culture. Mm-hmm. Okay. And William, who calls himself Death. Okay. 
inside the vulture on the poster, its rib cage is host, and there's the black hat. Right. And the theory the, the theory goes that we've been looking at William being a host the whole time through this vulture on the poster. That the vulture is supposed to symbolize him. Yeah. Because okay. the black hat, very sure. specifically. Interestingly, if you this is a stretch, but that's my job. <laughs> if you look at the poster, if you pull up the picture of the Westworld photo with the vulture, you see the shadow. You see the ray of sunlight inside the shadow. If you pull up like the widescreen view. Sure. If you flip the image, it kind of looks like a door. Uh, I'm just saying. The door is in you this whole time. Yeah. I mean, isn't it more compelling to be like he's got human legs in his shadow? No, the compelling answer is the door has been in William this whole time, David. But that's that's true. No, I mean, but okay, it's but a metaphor. You, think about all the all the shit that you had to do in order to find that, and the lake, the shadow is right there the whole time. It's the journey. Yeah, that's what William is. That's what it is for me. It's what it is for all of us. It's the journey to get back right to the center of us. Okay, but it's not because of you can almost vaguely make out a door if you turn the picture ninety degrees. It's the fact that the shadow is outsized to the actual figure that's standing in the foreground. Which which is oh, the vulture. I like that. That's good. Death looms large. I like yeah. that. That's good. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. That's I, or yeah. I guess like, there's just uh, no. That, that's not a door. Maybe that, it's a that door. part. That's part fine. But the the rest of the symbolism of. Akechita I mean, like you know, if you think and, about the door, you'll see it everywhere. the pack, and then he's going. Man in black is the. I mean, William is the is the uh, vulture. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm all in on that. And there's a reinterpretation that you know sure. he walks up to Ford at his speech, and a lot of people are asking if Ford's speech about a new people and who they will decide to be is Dolores the true villain of the host, and Akichita is really the leader and leader, you know, wolf pack, and then William is a buzzard, and then Dolores is a uh, you know horse. Who knows what that means? Interesting stuff. This one's kind of visual, so we'll throw this in um, the pod post. Okay. People are dissecting the shit out of the super – we see three images of the door, like the wide view and then a zoom in and then like the third like zoomed in image of like some random machinery looking stuff. There is a raised rock formation at the bottom of this thing and it looks like a cave drawing, a sand art thing, something. But people are dissecting a pattern in the sand. As to be a thousand things, but it's like a Rorschach test. It looks like a playing card or like— okay, where, where are we looking right now? I the, mean, he, you, Danny's holding up this, holding this up image. Up. Is that like a person? Is those three things? Is that like a crowd? Those it's three little thing. lines that are right by the ledge. Is that what we're talking so about? So I'll, I'll spare you guys like uh, me describing Those three little lines are what we're talking about? But the interest, the question— Yes or no? Are those three oh, little yes. lines is what we're talking about? No, and the image under it. Okay. The— Wormhole that people have gone down to explain like what those could be is ridiculous. Some of them are related to playing cards. I think the most interesting though is like Egyptian cave drawings mm. and the cave drawings of um, back to the bicameral mind. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay. And so trying to draw the bridge and that if you remember in the first time we saw it, the, those cranes almost kind of look so they're like literally a, trying to br- draw the bridge between synapses, like as in like we are connecting ourselves and 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 illustrating what consciousness is supposed to look like. Is that what we're reading into this this dirt pattern? <laughs> yes. No. I mean, you, you, wherever your mind goes, I like that your mind went there. It's a Rorschach test. No, but it's actually. No, I think I mean, that that's actually one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what is this supposed to? I mean, like, what is this supposed to tell us functionally? Like, what is the I don't material it, value of? <laughs> the, so, <laughs> the material value there is basically the idea is that if you can relate it to either the relevant stories in ancient Egyptian culture and or cave drawings, that if the, you could find the story of the Greek mythology, that like that's kind of because obviously there's a thousand cultures with a thousand stories about death and the afterlife. The idea is that those drawings being related, whether it's Lakota, because there's a lot of Lakota mythology and religion that is in mm-hmm. this episode, that if you can, you know, it's like save the cheerleader, save the world. If you can find like what that drawing actually is of, then like that's the story of death they're trying to tell because there's an infinite number of stories about the afterlife. But that might be the key to it. Key, quote unquote. This drawing is the key? No, no, no. It is it's, the I, drawing of a key. We don't have to go deep, deep in here. There's, right. there's a, I. It could also just, you know, be a random sand thing with yeah, bad pixelation. It's crazy. It might be nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> might be nothing at all. Okay. I have a thing kind of from my mind's eye here that 
this is just me. Do you remember the amazing set piece where F- Akichita walks in on Ford? Of course, yeah. And it's incredible how that's set up, right? It's just, it's beautiful. It's stunning. There's this bear and all these people trying to get, it's just gripping. And vi- all I can think of, though, is how beautiful that moment was, how important it was, how mythological it was. I could not ignore the symbolism of what was going on there. Like, he walks in, and Ford is, like, scalping hosts. He's, like, taking things in and out of their head. And I actually reminded me in some ways of the first scene of the first episode of the season when they're pulling control units out of Ghost Nation heads, but, like, to figure out what's going on. First episode of season two? Yes. All right. And it reminded me also of, like, where we're going in the Valley Beyond. And it felt—that scene felt to me. Like, do you remember in season one how— you know, it ends with all the hosts descending on the massacre. But, like, Ford had that sitting on his desk in, like, episode six of season one. Yeah. And they had foreshadowed it for four episodes. Like, that was going to happen. That's what I think that scene was. Mm-hmm. We don't know it exactly yet because I think Reddit's too savvy. But the structure of that scene, I don't know who the bear is supposed to represent. But I think that that the way that they were all attacking the bear, someone's on the ground, Ford, who's the god figure here, is cutting a couple people's heads open and taking things out of their heads. I think that that is supposed to signify the valley beyond in some way. And whatever happens in episode 9 and 10 will be actually have a set piece and structurally very similar to that scene. And I think that that was like a massive Easter egg hiding for us. You don't think Ford's spirit animal is the bear? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it is. Maybe he is the bear. That like that's probably the best example hmm. because he's kind of like turned total heel. Like Bernard is like freaking out. Um, we see in the promo for next week's episode that Ford's going to be talking to Maeve. Well, unless seems- we can, unless we continue with the idea that Akicha sees people as animals when he can't see them as humans or as hosts. <clears throat> I mean, uh, yeah, no, I don't know where I'm going with this. The- well, no, I'm, I'm I'm saying the bear. This relies on a lot, but I, I just think that it was such a specific thing that unless they just liked the visuals of it and how it looked to have this massive bear and this crazy important moment. It's a pretty great visual one way or the other. It is, mm-hmm. but this doesn't seem like a show that just likes random visuals. They like two, three, four meetings and everything. It really felt like, an, like a hist- natural history museum thing. I said it on the, other, on the, on the last episode, but it, feel, it felt like a diorama at the natural history museum. One of those of like the bear that Teddy Roosevelt killed and donated. And I and I I mean to me there's that's enough. I mean it could certainly be more, but to me that's enough. This is Ford and his little living natural history museum, and it's supposed to. I mean that's a, the the visually that's the cue to me. Anyway, it's Tinfoil Tuesday. It's never enough. You're right. It's never enough. <laughs> so I I have thoughts there. I'm not sure, but I I my gut is telling me that there is more there to that moment. Um, Jesse Bryant throws out something I love. Is the valley beyond an allusion to the uncanny valley? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, with that theory, would it just That's be... That's not a good... Go ahead. Would that, I mean, like, no, let's, let's, let's just ex- explore this just for a second. So, if the uncanny valley is the valley beyond, then the entire plan is that this is the human rendezvous point the hosts go there, they kill all the humans and then dress them up in the host clothes and then toss them into the lake? No, that's a possibility, maybe. But I mean, I don't think that's exactly what he was saying. I mean, mean, that's that's one of the prevailing theories, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I I was saying, this entire show is predicated on the fact that there are actors that play both humans and robots and the show is balanced on the fact that it's difficult to tell the difference. So if it is the uncanny valley, then that would have to be the conclusion of the show. Yeah. But the uncanny valley beyond, I kind of like that. I mean, whatever. Uncanny valley is the principle. I mean, I, it was first popularized, it, in, at least as far as I recall, in, when, when Avatar came out, that there was this concept that like when, when something fake is so real that your mind has trouble dealing with it, right? Yeah. I mean, like that's yeah, also and, like Governor Tarkin in, in – Rogue One yeah, and the but, Star Wars movie. Yeah. But also it's about the idea of like how real it is. So whether it's a rock that you just paint a little smiley face on is more or less lifelike than a doll. Is and more it, or less lifelike than it, and, it just it's And I don't doll. remember if it I mean if it's necessary to the definition, but I remember again going back to Avatar that there was this concept I mean that that it was actually there was an addictive nature to it. That when your mind gets like fully won over by this false reality, then it like really then when you pull your 
when you when you leave it, you your body wants more of it, um, or your mind does. So anyway, I, there's some of that, but at the, at the end of the day, for me, the concept of Uncanny Valley is not necessarily like a net positive, and well, it would be about, weird to be like building that into the DNA of the show. I mean, Even though like, that is, about, it, it is functionally in the DNA of the show, but like, re- do we really need that allu- like well, illusion? Well, no, I think the traditional thought of it is there's a the balance between like eeriness and like um, <clears throat> disgust. So you see a dog, basically it's like what kind of looks like a person. A, do- a cute dog that kind of looks like he's a little baby like that is really cute. We love a golden retriever who looks like he's smiling or has his head out his window because uh-huh. that looks like a person, but we find it pleasurable. That's great. A doll that like looks like it's going to kill us, like a Chucky doll or whatever, is looks like a person and is frightening. And it's about the four quadrants of how lifelike it is and then how pleasing it is. To I believe that that's kind of more where it's going. And I think that that's kind of an interesting way to think about the valley. And the, also, as these hosts become almost in, consciously indistinguishable from people. Also, both of those just have the word valley in it. What's the next theory? <laughs> well, no, I mean, in the defense, the valley beyond is where human beings are trying to go to host. Yes, I well, mean, wait, like, wait. Um, just spitballing here. Is it possible that the valley beyond is a reference to Happy Valley and that Ford is actually meant to be Joe Paterno? What the fuck? Uh, no. <laughs> On to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it feels like to listen to me all the time? <laughs> Just go. Just go, man. <laughs> okay. Last theory for you, and then I have a real Galaxy Brain one that wants some audience help on. Okay, great. Um, we've talked a lot about maps, but it's time to really talk about the maps. Um, DelosDestinations.com, which is stupidly in-depth, and they have been updating the map every week with the host locations and everything and new towns. This week, they really went crazy. And they updated it with four different locations that you can click on, which Dolores's ranch, the Abernathy ranch has been changed to the, the Deathbringer in the location. The door is on there. Uh, the mesa has been changed to uh, the, ones, uh, the ones down below. And you can click on them, and then you each get a different version of the map, like a uh-huh. different version. And it looks, when you merge all four, it looks very similar to the mace. And it looks that the actual park has been terraformed or in some way is the maze itself. It is in that shape. The, the park right now the has become— The actual Westworld Park is, is, at the very least, we're supposed to draw parallels to it in the maze. Okay. Okay. But like it also. Do you, do you think this is a story? Do you think this is? A, you mean it's a? It's a. The showrunners are doing this as like a metaphor for how the show, the direction of the show, or do you think Ford did this in his like literally in the in the reality of the show? This is what Ford was terraforming towards. Both. I think that the the reason they've let us like so every time you get to track, um, they basically show you how much distance a character covered in one episode. They've been doing that every week, mm-hmm. and they show you. And if you were to pair. My hypothesis is if you were to link all of those things, it's kind of like little pieces, like almost you're playing Settlers of Catan. If you pieced your whole road together and you saw the whole— Settlers of Catan. The, 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 the greatest theory, that, like the greatest clue that we've given towards solving a theory today is just Danny dropping Settlers of Catan <laughs> offhandedly. Anyway, I, go I just on. learned how to play. I, never play. I just played twice. Yeah, I just right. learned how to play. When you were back in college and nobody was calling you by your name— <laughs> You know, it was all Settlers of Catan. <laughs> well, I'll just go home. Oh, <laughs> I'm man. just kidding, man. Settlers of Catan is great fun. Um, anyway, if you could track all that, though, it would look very similar to getting to the center or getting to the edge of the maze. Okay. And that, but I also have a super more galaxy brain theory, which I will be writing about later this week, which flipped the map upside down and it looks like <gasps> a brain. Looks like a human brain, just wow. like they hit it in the creation of Adam. Michelangelo hit it, and they spend oh, a casual 10 minutes of the season one finale talking about hiding brains in artwork and how fucking cool it is. Yeah. And okay. they have Anthony fucking Hopkins probably getting paid like $100,000 a second talking about hiding brains in artwork being dope. Uh, I think that you flip the thing upside down. It looks exactly like a brown a brain. Shout out to Chris DeLauro. The neuroscientist who listens to this podcast, who I spoke to for this Mm -hmm. upcoming article. Thank you, Chris, who neuroscientist confirmed it looks like a brain, confirmed many things, which you'll have to read my article. But the most definitive among them, the Mesa, 
which is located uh, on the like kind of like the almost like four o'clock on the if you look at the map as a circle. If you flip it upside down, it is located almost exactly in the prefrontal cortex of the brain. <laughs> okay, which is what <laughs> determines behavior and everything you you associate with what they're doing in the mesa. All those things are changing in behavior. That is actually the part of your brain that dictates those specific things about you as a person. So that is the part of the brain. The old territories, which is at the very bottom of the of the map, if you flip it upside down, the very top, corresponds to your subcortical areas of your brain, which are, in terms of the brain's history, your older parts of your brain. And obviously the brain's more complicated than this. Uh, there's a lot of really fun bits to this. And uh, the... <laughs> paths that Dolores and Maeve and all these characters are walking when they trace it on the map actually really looks like brain activity and brain scans and, and how parts of the brain communicate with one another. So I've, not only is the park part of the maze and as we know because it's the symbol of this podcast that the maze is part of the human brain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my literal galaxy brain theory is that the physical West world is designed as a galaxy brain. It is it is both designed as the maze and a brain, a human brain. Merges the two. All right. And he's, yeah. you know what? Sure, sure. That is give it to him. I've, I I have to. I mean, like that was that was very compelling evidence. Oh, that was too easy. Well, I mean, like you talk to a neuroscientist. <laughs> what am I gonna am I gonna argue with somebody whose whose speciality this is? Thank you, Chris Deloro, for finally winning me my first argument. Well, so when is that podcast. piece going on? Um, I believe Friday. Awesome! Very I look excited. forward to it. One last one before we get out of here. Yeah. Um, I am sure of this. Ford is always playing with this fucking pendant on his thing. He has this chain that cut a pocket the, watch. Yeah, he has a symbol. I have zoomed in on this. There's no close-up of it. It looks like a master lock to me or like the gate to a door. I don't know. I like promise you this will come up. It has to. That I, he's had a key in his pocket this whole time? Something is, whatever that chain is, like it's going to matter. It's so prominent and it, he was fiddling with it and like I just, it's bothering me. But there's a reason that it's there. So if anyone feels that they have any theories on that, please tweet me. All I got right now is it almost looks like a master lock, which is too dumb, but it also kind of looks like the, like the gate. What if it just like connect the, the chain connects to a series of colored handkerchiefs and they're just all tied together and he starts <laughs> pulling them out and one after the other? The last 15 minutes of the season is just see how long you can make this gag go. Anyway, that's my theory. Um, I like that one. It was, it was, it was colorful and, and whimsical. What else do we know about this season? So how many more episodes do we have left? Two, right? Yeah. Open Your Eyes is the next episode. Is that right? Or no, that, I'm no, sorry. Vanishing point. vanishing point is in this next episode. Open your eyes is what they keep calling trailers on on their YouTube channel. Um, so, w- what else are we going to get next week besides William? I mean, it's episode nine. I think it's didn't follow the Game of Thrones model, which is all the shit's going to go down, all the shit, and then we're most of the shit, and we're going to just a sizable portion chaos. of the shit setting yeah. for, setting up for their the rest of the shit to happen in the finale. Yes. There are, this is, okay, here's an interesting thing for us to go through real quick before we get out of here. There is a, um, someone posted on Reddit the, that, uh, I mean, a series of scenes from the season two preview trailer that have not been covered yet. All right? Some of these may just be like, they, they got edited out, you know, cutting room floor stuff. Um, no. Huh? No. Yeah, that happens all the time. Happened in what happens in West? I mean, in a uh, Game of Thrones every season. You know, whatever. There's just like they're they're not done. They're not done cutting the second half of the season when they release the trailer. So, if you see, I'm just going to pull this up on my screen right now. If, if I mean, if you if you we'll we'll post this somewhere. Danny, you're in charge. But like, so the first one is just like another one of those Valley Beyond uh, um, mountain ranges. Uh-huh. And then the one after that is a picture of is uh, theoretically an unused picture of uh, of Ghost Nation. So that might happen. That also that could have been one that was just pulled up, plucked Wait, out of this episode. Is that not like when they were bringing yeah, like the boar to barter? I'm just trusting Reddit here, which yeah. is always an error. 
Um, but the interesting thing in here is, well, there's there's one of Dolores sitting in some sort of uh, oh the library library oh, office yeah, area. Library. area. Uh, the other interesting thing, and I'm not going to go through all of these, is that I mean that we have a man in black Dolores showdown where he's shooting her. That's cool on Dolores. Picture of, uh, but uh, another scene with Bernard and a gun. The one interesting thing is that um, Clementine is in a lot of these. So maybe she's not as dead as we thought she was. Oh, I got one super fucking galaxy brain one for oh, you. Wait, do we so wait, do we think Clementine is coming back or do you think she was just edited out of the season? No, she's she's coming back. She's going to be huge. Yeah, we we have a lot of scenes that of from the trailers that they were prominent in the trailers that have not come forth. That's right. coming. One one last super galaxy brain one for you. Do it. What did you say last week that you're like why is Maeve's daughter not of name? Mhm. You already it. said the Clementine thing. No, I got an idea. You know what Maeve's daughter's name is? Let me guess. Clementine. Didn't you just, didn't he just say I that? I literally just said that. You said, <laughs> you did. also brought that up last week. We've been saying that all season. Yeah. That's, what if Maeve's daughter's consciousness gets put into zombie Clementine? Because Clementine. Clementine's body is toast. Like, why would her, her body be functional, but her know. brain is I, not? You know what? I just, it was a bonus one. I didn't, I don't know. That's not galaxy brain. There's a reason brain. it was on the cutting That's like room brain. floor. <laughs> <laughs> That's just brain. <laughs> <laughs> guys, I have no brains left. Uh, guys, uh, wonderful time this week. This was a great episode. I'm glad we got all these user these user questions in there. Or, yes, I mean, thank user, you to listener questions stuff. in there. Thank you. Um, let's get ready for the next episode. Anything else we should be stoked about? We got two more episodes. This is going to be huge. Yeah, it's going to be sick. I'm excited, Micah. I'm also excited. You know what? I just got to say that they've really been knocking these preview trailers out of the park. Like, they've been cons- yeah. consistently great this season. <laughs> All right, so what did we learn this week? Um, William is a vulture. Yeah. Akicha is a wolf. Somebody's a bear. Dragon. Dragon? Dragon and the wolf. We have a dragon. It's a game... Nothing. It's a Game of Thrones reference. Oh, okay. Well, we have a dragon and a wolf in this show, so... Maybe we're going to have Game of Thrones world next episode. Maeve is Kohana. Maeve is not. crossover episode. Maeve is not Kohana. The season finale is we're getting Jurassic Park Let's say Ford is Daenerys. I got got Maeve is not Kohana. You got Maeve is Kohana. Loser quits the ringer. Loser (laughs) moves to New York in shame, tail between legs, like you will do in July. That's just inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you out there in the real world. Um, And we'll talk to you again on Sunday, amigos. Our theme song was made by our friends at songfinch.com. Check out Songfinch to turn your stories, memories, and feelings into a -a one-of-a-kind song by professional musicians. It makes the perfect gift for any occasion. songfinch.com. Songfinch.com.